Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's Steve Carney. Want to thank you for checking out today's episode of the Inside Pitch Podcast, our daily look at the Tampa Bay Rays and news and notes that affect both the team and Major League Baseball. If you could do me a favor and hit that subscribe button wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. It helps you keep from missing a single episode. Don't forget, you can also follow the podcast on social media on both Twitter and Facebook. It is at Inside Pitch Pod. And if you have a question or just want to leave me some feedback, it is always welcome. That is at the email address is InsidePitchPod at gmail.com. The War with Apple continues on. The podcast still not yet approved for iTunes. I'm not sure exactly when that's going to happen. So the best place for you to get the podcast is, of course, the iHeartRadio app for streaming or on Spreaker for streaming or download. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get rolling. This is the Inside Pitch Podcast. Now your host, Steve Carney. And I appreciate you joining us today on the show. Major League Baseball looks to crack down harder on players stealing signs and raise principal owner Stuart Sternberg on what would be the ideal situation for baseball to succeed in St. Petersburg. But we begin today with probably one of the biggest pieces of 2019 offensively. At least he's probably one of the most expensive ever to come to Tampa Bay in a trade. And I'm talking about infielder Yandy Diaz. There is no secret that the Rays front office certainly coveted the infielder as they made probably one of the bigger trades of uh, a prospect to another team in order to get him. They send Jake Bowers, of course, to Cleveland. And on top of that, they also sent $5 million in cash to get Diaz. And of course, the big question has been whether or not he would be able to put up the power numbers that we have seen in years past from first baseman with the Rays, whether it was Logan Morrison a couple of years ago who had 36 homers. Uh, C.J. Crone last year had 30 homers. Jake Bowers had, uh, you know, was in double digits, although he really struggled uh, at the last couple of months of the season. I really shouldn't even say the last couple of months of the season. Really, from the all-star break to the end of the year, he really did have trouble uh, putting the ball in play. And uh, while he had, a, you know, nine or ten homers in that time, uh, it certainly uh, did not work out well. He barely finished above 200. Well, with Yandy Diaz, they certainly like the uh, power that comes off of the bat uh, the exit velocity of the baseball off the bat is just something to behold. We've talked about it uh, a couple of times on the radio. And of course, uh, I mentioned it here, I believe, in one of the first podcasts of the season uh, that uh, if you take everybody that had at least 
90 plate appearances in Major League Baseball. I believe Yandy Diaz was in the top 20 in exit velocity, and Jake Bowers was somewhere around number 278 when it comes to exit velocity. And yes, I know that Diaz had just one homer combined between AAA and the big leagues, but this is a guy that I know that the front office is certainly excited about. I know that manager Kevin Cash is extremely excited to have him here. The big question was how quickly could he get acclimated to a new city and really a new state? Because remember the Cleveland Indians, they do their spring training out in Arizona now. So going from the Cactus League to the Grapefruit League, having to find yourself a new place to stay, to learn a whole new set of teammates, especially since you've come up through the Indians organization, having to move over at the big league level and try and ingratiate yourself into a clubhouse can be quite the daunting task. Now, uh, it certainly seems like the Rays have uh, welcomed Yandy with open arms, and he has been all smiles throughout spring training here in Port Charlotte. And manager Kevin Cash told me on Wednesday that that's been part of the MO. They wanted to make sure that Yandy felt comfortable in his new environment. And it has certainly paid off. He's enjoying himself. And you're always not hesitant. Whatsoever. You're aware. You want to do everything to make the guy comfortable. I think he's really enjoyed himself. I think Willie's done a good job uh, embracing him. Rodney Linares has. So we want to see him have fun. But as far as the skills... He hits the ball very hard, and he hits it a long way. I mean, today in batting practice, he put on another show. But uh, and I thought from from the di- from first day of ground balls to now, he you've seen him get a little bit better. Not that he was ma- he's making that much progress, but he's getting a little more familiar. It's not easy to come in and take twenty minutes straight of ground balls high speed. Yeah, I'm not sure if you follow the Rays Twitter uh, the, over the last couple of days. They've had a couple of pretty interesting videos of Yandy Diaz taking batting practice and just annihilating a baseball uh, out to left field. And uh, I've seen him do that quite a bit. I I mentioned the first day of live batting practice a couple of days ago that he uh, was fooled a couple of times by Ryan Stanek and by Austin Pruitt, but he also took a Pruitt pitch basically off the end of the bat and sent it 375 feet away. So there is a boatload of power when it comes to Yandy Diaz. And I have no doubt that with guys like Willie Adamas and Avisail Garcia and Andrew Velasquez and Yanni Chirinos, the Latin contingent is certainly going to make Yandy feel welcome. And uh, you can certainly tell it that he is already feeling like he is uh, a big part of this club. You should see uh, the Latin section uh, of the clubhouse. I talked with Andrew Velasquez uh, about it earlier uh, in the week and uh, we may play that here uh, coming up in the next couple of days uh, about what it's like being in that corner uh, with him and Jose De Leon and Willie Adamas and uh, Jose Alvarado and Michael Perez. I mean, that whole area uh, is certainly uh, a welcoming uh, site for uh, for a Latin ball player and even for a, a gringo reporter. I find myself over there quite often trying to uh trying to ingratiate myself uh in there it's just a it's just a good spot in the clubhouse to be in meanwhile spring training is all about experimentation and there's going to be a lot of experimenting 
when it comes to uh, the rules of Major League Baseball here as the Grapefruit and the Cas- and the Cactus Leagues get going. And we already know about the fact that both the Grapefruit and the Cactus League are going to use pitch clocks for the first time in Major League Spring Training games. But that's not the only rule that's being uh, manipulated, I guess is the, the word that I'm looking for, by Major League Baseball. One of the biggest no-nos in Major League Baseball has been stealing the other team's signs, and it's getting more and more high-tech, and now the league is trying to curtail that, as there was a report in SI.com on Wednesday confirmed by ESPN's Jeff Passan that the league has got new rules that it will be put in place this season to try and prevent high-tech sign stealing, if I can say that three times fast. And, of course, Major League Baseball already has a rule that prohibits sign stealing from any place other than by a runner on second base, and that rule is now going to be updated to include measures that address the use of technology that could be used to gain an advantage on their opponents. According to the new rules, according to the report in SI.com, there would be a ban on in-house outfield cameras running from foul pole to foul pole so you couldn't have uh, a team's camera that could be placed in the field or in the uh, foul pole to foul pole basically the fair region uh, in the outfield looking in toward home plate there would also be live broadcasts limited to each team's designated replay official and in turn that person would be monitored by a security expert so uh Poor uh, Chico Fernandez for the race. He's going to have someone looking over his shoulder all season long. I pity that guy. I pity the security guy that's going to have to watch over Chico. And all of the TV monitors, such as those in the clubhouse and the bullpens, would end up being on an eight-second delay so that they wouldn't be able to relay in signs from the bullpen or from the clubhouse when it comes to sign stealing. And of course, the penalty for violations of those rules include such things as forfeiting international spending money or even draft picks if the violation it be so egregious. Of course, that all comes from having to watch the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox try and incorporate all sorts of high-tech ways to try and steal each other's signs when we all know that, uh, yeah, they don't need to steal each other's signs. There's been enough uh, known about those teams that pretty much can figure out what signs are. Uh, And so I just think it's hilarious that Major League Baseball is going through all of this to try and prevent iPads and uh, in-house cameras that, uh, that could be fed somewhere. Uh, the, the high-tech espionage is just something that I kind of giggle at. I, I mean, come on. Uh, it's 2019. If you can't figure out what a, a team's signs are, give me a break. You can only do certain, so many signs. Just ridiculous. So, But this is what Major League Baseball feels like they have to do because the Yankees and the Red Sox complain about each other. Go figure. That gives us a chance now to turn two, and uh, for the second consecutive day, we will hear from Ray's principal owner, Stu Sternberg, who has been in Port Charlotte this week taking in spring training and getting out of the cold weather of the Northeast and getting into the sunshine and the nice temperatures down here in Charlotte County. And 
We asked him what his ideal situation for baseball to succeed in the Tampa Bay area would be. It's, 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 op- it's an opportunity, but it's a distraction for us. The thing we hear first and foremost, A to Z, is to do is to win baseball games and to have an organization that's going to be sustainable for years. We, we, we had to spend a couple of years getting to that point again. We got to that point in 08. We had an amazing run. We, we've regenerated ourselves now as baseball's changed and a lot of things have changed around us. I think we have an amazing run ahead of us here, whether that means winning 90 games, six out of the next 10 years, I, it's going to be a hard, hard. But uh, I feel really good about that. And I'd like our organization not to have to be thinking about where we're going to be and how we're going to pay for it and, and you know, how do we get to a level of sponsorships and tickets that at least a big chunk of that, um, you know, we, that we can count on. Uh, so I want to put it behind us. So where would I like to be? I'd like to, I'd like to have sort of two things going. One is a lot more corporate and and and, and fan support on a nightly basis at the stadium. And I'd like to have a stadium plan that people are looking forward to coming to and supporting, and and feel excited about the prospects of the team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, but the truth is, I've, it's the exact thing I, I felt in 2006 and 2009, and uh, I think the only point that I, it, it took a little bit of a backseat was 14 and 15 a little bit. Um, it was frustrating, uh, you know, to try to get to the point to look to the other, to be able to look in Tampa, and uh, and also we for the first time in a lot of years ever we had some dis, dis, disconnect, you know, within the baseball side of things. And as I said, I feel great about where things stand there, and I have for a couple of years. And I think we, I feel great that we have a great partner with the mayor and the city of St. Pete, the growth within St. Pete, the growth in Tampa Bay, that we took this big swing at what we tried to do. And um, I'm still very committed to seeing things through in Tampa Bay. My thanks to principal owner Stu Sternberg and my thanks to you for joining me here on the Inside Pitch Podcast. The Inside Pitch Podcast is available for stream on the iHeartRadio app and on download on Spreaker.com. You can also follow the podcast on both Twitter and Facebook at Inside Pitch Pod and check out uh, if you have a question or want to leave some feedback the email address is insidepitchpod at gmail.com don't forget that the inside pitch returns to the radio on sunday february 24th we'll be live from charlotte sports park an hour before the rays radio network coverage of the first sunday game between the Rays and the New York Yankees. We'll get going at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on 95.3 WDAE and AM620, which is also on the iHeartRadio app. And, of course, we will have the Inside Pitch Radio Show every Sunday during the Grapefruit League and then once the regular season starts every day starting March 28th at 3 o'clock when the Rays take on the Houston Astros at Tropicana Field. I'm Steve Carney. Thanks for joining us on the Inside Pitch Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.